Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is episode 33, Light and Salt. And I want to keep kind of focusing on a verse or a theme and pulling out of it what I think is important. So I want to read Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And some of this stuff we looked at a little bit last week. So I'm going to kind of focus a little bit more heavily on the salt part than the light part today, even though hopefully what we see is that they really do go hand in hand. So in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand, where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. And here's what I think is important for us to grasp as far as uh, this podcast episode and, and, and really kind of how we behave in our lives. If we're the salt and the light, that means that we're doing something. We're affecting something. When light shines, darkness flees. When you, when you put salt into something, it not only gives it flavor, but it also excuse me sustains it. It it keeps it. Uh, it keeps it fresh for longer. Like like when you salt meat, it's a preservative. It helps to uh, I mean quite frankly preserve things to to make them uh, more flavorful, to make them better, and to make them last longer. So we're not talking about just merely ideas. We're talking about affecting. The things around us. We're, we're not talking about being a thermometer and just taking the temperature of a room or a situation or a person. We're talking about being a thermostat and setting the temperature. We're talking about making changes. We're talking about actually doing something, not just the idea of love, but charity, which is love in action. And in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13, the New Living Translation reads, Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. Which I connected with Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which reads, And so, brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. The idea here being, if you're salting something, you're giving something, or you're doing something, it's an offering to God. You're presenting your body as a living sacrifice. You're, you're, you're putting your money where your mouth is. When Jesus said, no greater love can a man have than to lay down his life for his friends, he didn't just say that. He then went to the cross and literally did that. Jesus was, uh, he was very misunderstood, even by his own disciples, but he was a very practical dude. <laughs> the things that he said, even though 
the disciples didn't understand them like he he was he was just being real he was just laying it out there putting it out like it was when he said i'm gonna die and three days later i'm gonna rise again and they're like what are you talking about he was literally talking about dying and then rising again to life three days later he wasn't trying to trick anybody he wasn't trying to fool anybody but the problem is is that on that side of the cross before the cross happened before the fullness and the manifestation of the work of jesus we did not have the indwelling holy spirit the spirit of truth that leads and guides us into all truth we did not have that uh same level of understanding about these spiritual things and these spiritual matters we were kind of trying to do the best we could with what we had but we didn't know what we had we didn't think we had anything so instead of enjoying what god had already given us we spent a lot of time running around like chickens with our heads cut off trying to get something we spent a lot of time trying to be someone we're not in order to get what we thought we didn't have when really we have it all because god gave it all to us we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness we have an unction from the holy ghost and we know all things the problem isn't what we have or what we know the problem is using what we have and understanding what we know we are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor you can't really make it salty again and then it, it's just useless if you're giving an offering you know it's like it's it's like paul wrote about it. i i think it was in romans too where you know he was like if if i speak with all the tongues of men and angels but but i don't have love it's just crashing symbols whatever you do if you're not doing it with love for love because of love in love through love if love is the missing ingredient and then what you're doing really doesn't matter it's not going to make a difference and you know if if you're trying to fake it until you make it i think you're missing the point because we've already made it if you're trying to overcome you're missing the point that jesus has already overcome in him we are more than conquerors he conquered and we get to enjoy the fruit of his labor and i always like to use i think the best analogy for that is like is like when when there's a boxer right and he goes in the ring and he fights and he conquers and he wins and he gets the prize he gets the money he's a conqueror his wife is more than a conqueror because she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't have to fight she doesn't have to get in the ring she doesn't have to train but she gets to spend that money she gets to enjoy the fruit of his labor in the same way we are the bride of christ we don't have to try to uh, uh give ourselves the flavor he has given it to us we don't have to try to make ourselves into something that we think that we're not because he has already washed us with the word which is jesus which is love and he has already presented us to himself as a bride without spot wrinkle or any such thing we don't have to do anything except be who we are by letting him be who he is in us and through us and as us and the way that we do that the way that we make sure that the salt has not lost its flavor the way that we uh, make sure that we are seasoning all of our grain offerings with salt the way that we present our bodies as living sacrifices unto god is by letting our light shine no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket we have been given love so that we can love we are blessed to be a blessing and, and listen there are fringe benefits to it 
we get to enjoy the things that God blesses us with. But uh, but really, it's he, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly so that we can live out of our abundance. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. But I want to talk about our speech first. I want to talk about because a lot of times, and especially with me, I don't really like to talk that much. Uh, I'm more of a, a words on a page guy. Like I will write something for you or I will text you all day long. But I don't, I don't really like to talk all that much. So when I do, I try to make it important. Like like even with these these podcast episodes, I try to, to, to preach something or teach something or speak something into existence that I think is is worth putting you know my, my voice into uh, talking is important it's how we communicate most of the way and and I know there's a lot of nonverbal communication and different things like that but your words are important your words do matter where the word of a king is there is power you know there's there's death and life is in the power of the tongue so I want to read a couple of verses that talk about, well, actually one, one verse in a couple of different translations uh, that talks about how important it is for what not, and not just what you say, but how you say it. Colossians chapter four, verse six in the King James says, let your speech be always with grace seasoned with salt so that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. And if you don't like all those, uh, these and thous and yees, In the NIV, it says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Which, again, it it just, it goes back to the, the verse, I believe it's in Romans, about as much as it depends on you, as much as it's possible for you, as much as you can do it, live in peace with everybody. Uh, Another way to say that, uh, I think, is... Keep your words soft and sweet because you might have to eat them. Like it, it's so easy to say something horrible and crush somebody. I know that sticks and stones may hurt my bones and words will never hurt me. That sounds great, but it's really not true. Words do hurt people. And I'm not saying that you need to let them. I'm saying that if you know the truth, you can just ignore the lie. You don't have to let people control you that way. But I know that it's very easy to be controlled by what people say about you, which is why I always say, you know, you are not what people call you, but you are what you answer to. If you're hearing what they're saying and if you're letting it affect you, then, you know, it, it really it, it really can affect you. It really can hurt you. So from our side of things, we need to be careful not only about what we say, but about how we say it. You can be right about something and, 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 and you can say that thing and still be really, really mean about it. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can say something that is true softly. You can say something that is true in a manner that who you're saying it to will have an easier time swallowing it. That's why I try to keep my, uh, my podcasts, you know, pretty short, uh, bite-sized because I want you to, to have something to chew on, but not something to choke on. I think if you try to force anything, uh, especially quote unquote religion down somebody's throat, all they're going to do is choke on it and vomit it up and, and probably run screaming away from you. People do not like to be told that they're wrong. People do not like to be told what to do. 
So if you can come at it from a place of, of softness and sweetness, if you can be tasty uh, or flavorful because of the salt, because we are the salt of the earth, if you can show them a more excellent way without beating them over the head with your way is wrong, my way is right. If you can say, hey, maybe, you know, maybe we'll try this. There's a different way to, to, to deal with people. There's a different way to handle situations where you don't have to put yourself on one side and somebody else on the other side. Because now it's you versus them, and you versus them never really accomplishes anything. If you have to lose in order for me to win, have I really won? Aren't we all in this together? Can't we all just get along? Well, if if we season our words with grace and salt, I think we can. That's how we can answer everyone. And again, it's not saying the same words in the same way to everyone. It's knowing what words in what way to say to everyone. Uh, in, in the New Living Translation, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. What the salt does that we are, we are the salt of the earth, is it makes this gospel that we're preaching attractive. It's not a scary gospel. It's not do what, do what I say or God's going to get you. It's not God is angry with you. God is not mad at you. He is mad about you. He is head over heels in love with you. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, not the scariness of God. If you're trying to scare somebody straight, you're, 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 you're really missing the whole point. And you're not doing it in a way that will lead to any real long-lasting internal change. It's not your job to change people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people. And if the Holy Spirit can't do it, you don't have any chance of doing it. No matter how hard you try to turn the screws, no matter what words you say, no matter how harsh and hard and scary you are. But here's what's important about the words. Your words have to be backed up by your deeds. It's good to say something, but it's even better to do do something, to show people love. It's one thing to say I love you. It's another thing to lay down your life for your friends. So I want to read James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. And this is one of my, I know I say this about all, all, of, all of scripture, but this is one of my favorite passages of scripture because it really just makes it so practical. It really just makes it so where the rubber meets the road. Um, just, just this makes it real to me. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 reads, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, Goodbye, and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. I think this is where a lot of quote-unquote Christians fall into the trap of portraying the hypocrite that most of the secular world thinks we all are. We talk a good game, but when it comes right down to it, the most we ever want to do for anybody is pray for them. Uh, okay, brother, I'll pray for you but we don't really help them in, 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 a, in, a, in a real tangible way with what they need. Like, 
you know, I, I always use the cookie story because it had a very profound effect on me. And I think it's a simple story. And, and I think it illustrates my point about this, uh, about living out of your abundance, about giving what you have, about seeing a need and meeting it. So I was at work one time, many, many years ago, and I had a, a, a cookie, a chocolate chip cookie. I don't remember where I got it, but I was pretty pumped about it. I love chocolate. Um, I was ready to eat that bad boy, but I was saving it. I wanted to eat it after my lunch at work. And the person who sat at the desk next to me wasn't even talking to me, but was talking about how they had they hadn't had a chance to get breakfast and they didn't have a lunch and they were they were really hungry and all this kind of stuff you know the the regular sob story we hear from people all the time so many people in this life are just so downtrodden so beaten down uh they never think anything good is going to happen to them so even while they wish that it would they've kind of accepted that it won't and they just lament their status over and over again and it's easy to look down on that person and be like, stop being such a sad sack and, you know, all these different things, cheer up, toughen up, all these different things that, that we hear or that we tell each other. But for, for whatever reason on that day, that, that got my heart. I was like, man, that is sad. I don't want to be in that position. I don't want anybody else to be in that position. And I didn't really know this, this coworker that well. Uh, I mean, we were friendly, I guess, but it's not like we were friends. We didn't hang out or anything. But when I heard this story, like without even thinking about it, without even saying anything with it, just, it, it just came naturally out of my heart. I just picked up my cookie and I tossed it on their desk and I didn't even say anything. I didn't say, you know, here's a cookie. I, w I wasn't looking for a thank you. I wasn't trying to get uh, any brownie points or anything. I, I, I didn't want anything from them, which is is kind of how I try to, to live my life most of the time. I don't want anything from anybody. I will receive what, what you want to give me, but I'm not looking for anything. I'm not trying to get anything. Love is giving, so it's not about getting. So I try not to try to get anything. But man, you should have seen the response on that person's face. They could not believe that a, 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 literally that manna had just fallen from heaven, that, that they had nothing, and now all of a sudden they had something. And I know it's just a cookie. Uh, but when you don't have anything and you haven't had anything and you're not really expecting anything, you want something, but you don't think you're going to get it. And then all of a sudden you get something like, that's a big deal. That's a big thing. Um, I think it, I think the Bible talks about it being more blessed to give than to receive. First of all, because love is giving. That's how you experience love by, by giving what you have. But I think it's more blessed to give than to receive because there's nothing like that feeling of giving somebody something that they didn't have, something that they needed, seeing a need and meeting it, filling a need, not just saying, oh, you're hungry. Well, I hope I hope you get something to eat. I hope it works out for you. But actually being able to show up and improve somebody's life, which, again, to me, is is what salt does. It improves the flavor of food and it, it sustains food. It preserves it. it. It makes it last longer and it makes it better. So to me, that's what we're talking about. Uh, if we say we have faith, but it doesn't show in our actions, then what is it really? If we say we love each other, but we don't do anything for each other, what does it mean when we say we love each other? 
Again, Jesus said the greatest love you can have is to lay your life down for your friends. My personal definition of love is gladly spending everything you have and everything you are, even though a lot of the time it seems like the more I love you, the less you love me. It doesn't matter what the response is. It doesn't matter if people pick up what you're laying down. What matters is you being who you were created to be. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Be that. And when you be that, it will affect everybody else that you come into contact with. When the light shines, it, it doesn't just affect you. It affects the whole surrounding area. When the salt is salty and it's flavorful and it's attractive, it will bring people to, you know how like when somebody starts cooking something and you start to smell it, especially when you're really, really hungry and you're like, oh my goodness, that smells good. Like it's like the cartoon where where the you know the 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 scent lines drift across and and they get into the guy's nose and they literally pick the guy up and carry him you know follow your nose and it smells so good and it's so attractive and you just want whatever it is that that's cooking you want whatever it is that you know is going to taste so good that's how we should be presenting jesus to people and you can do that without even saying the word jesus without even saying the word god you can just do that by loving people by being nice to them by being kind to them love is patient and kind if we show people a more excellent way because we know the more excellent way if we give people what we have because we know that we have it if we fill ourselves to overflowing with what god has already filled us with and we let what's inside come out that's when we are presenting ourselves as living sacrifices. That's when we are making sure that we are salting our words and our deeds and our actions and our offerings unto God. And when we do that, that's how people see him. People see God when they see you loving people, because that's who God is. God is love. So let me say this another way. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Pretty simple. Pretty easy. Like, don't just say you love somebody. Because if you say you love somebody, but then you don't show up and actually love them, you're misrepresenting love. You're misrepresenting God. You're... Uh, your words at that point don't really mean anything. And if your words don't mean anything, people aren't going to listen to you. If you show them the truth by your actions, then you will know that the truth is true, and they will know that the truth is true. Then they will be able to experience the truth of God. Remember, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And they will be able to experience the love of God. I say this, I feel like I say this almost every week, but uh, you know how people talk about God works in mysterious ways? And I agree with that. I believe he does because he works through people. I don't think my uh, my desk mate at work was expecting God to work through me in the form of, here's a cookie. But that's how it happened. So that probably seems pretty probably seemed pretty mysterious at the time, but but in a good way. Like, like in a way that when you get something that you weren't expecting and it's something so amazing. Like I've told the story before about uh, helping out when when people needed to go see the, the, 
the birth of their first grandchild and me happening to have the money to help and, and being able to help and just the response that I got from that. I mean, literally a miracle. I was a miracle in those people's lives. And I think we take that for granted. A lot of times we're always looking for like, uh, Moses parting the water or Jesus walking on the water. We're always looking for like, quote unquote, supernatural miracles. But if you don't have any money to buy a plane ticket and then somebody gives you just enough money to buy a plane ticket, to me, that's pretty supernatural. That's God putting his super on our natural. That's that's something that it's life changing. So I think sometimes we need to uh, I guess, set our sights on things above and not on things on the earth. Like see things the way God intends them instead of the way that we necessarily might, might think they are not merely saying we love each other. It's so easy to say, it's so easy to have like surface conversations with people. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you're, you're saying a little bit more than I'm doing good. Yikes. This is uncomfortable. Well, no, Really dig in there. Get to know people. Build those connections. If you can help them, help them. If you can make somebody smile, do it. Because the world needs more of that. We need to start salting everything and, and, and making all of our offerings flavorful, making our words attractive, giving people something to believe in, giving people something that they can see that is different than what they have different than this bad and getting worse mentality, because I don't believe things are bad and getting worse. I believe that things are good and getting better. And when we let the love that's inside of us come out through our words and our actions, then we help things to be good and to be better. Now I want to read to close. I want to read Matthew chapter five, verse 16 in the King James Version. So I'm going to back up and read it because we already read it at the beginning. I'm going to back up and I'm going to read it in the NLT and then I want to read it in the in the King James. So in the New Living Translation, it reads, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. That's important. It says, let your good deeds shine out. In the King James, Matthew 5.16 reads, Let your light shine so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Shining the light of love that we are, not just that we have, but that we are, is letting our works shine. It's letting our light shine so people can see our good works. It's being that city on a hill. It's being on a that it's being that lamp that's not under a basket, that lamp that's not under the bed, that lamp that is shining so it can light up the whole house. Our good deeds are what people can see. More than anything else, more than what you say, people judge you on what you do. Actions really do speak louder than words. So let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. When you let your light shine, you're not just going around saying Jesus loves you or, or you're not just going around saying I love you. You're actually putting your money where your mouth is. You're actually letting where the rubber meets the road be where you 
put your foot, where you make your footsteps, where, where, where you put this love that God has given you into action. Don't just say, oh, yeah, you're, you're, looks like you need a new shirt. Good luck. I hope you find one. If you have two shirts and somebody needs one, give them one of yours. Live out of your abundance. God has blessed you to be a blessing. You are the salt and the light. You are what will affect change on this earth. That's what it means to be a king and a priest and to rule and to reign on this earth. We can change things wherever we are with whoever we're with. But again, it comes down to being a thermostat and not a thermometer. It comes down to setting the temperature instead of just taking the temperature. It comes down to letting your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And I'm not saying you should do things to, to, to get applause. I'm not saying that you should do things, oh, watch this, watch me, I'm going to do something good. That's not what it's saying at all. What it's saying is don't be afraid to do good works because men are watching you either way, right? People are, especially if people know you're a, a quote unquote Christian, they watch you and they hold you to a higher standard and they're waiting to see and hoping that you will fall. So I say, you know, give them something to talk about. Show them what it really means to be full of God's love. Fill yourself to overflowing with that love that God has already filled you with and let it come out. Let people see the love of God in you, in your actions, in your words and in your deeds. Your words are powerful. Your actions are powerful. Everything you have and everything you are can bring glory to God when you understand who you are, the salt and the light. So thank you as always. That's what I had for this week. Um, hopefully we'll see you again. Tune in next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, and you can, su you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.